to misinformation a trivia podcast for ladies and gents who love cool trivia and sticking it to annoying teams at pub quiz we're your hosts i'm lauren and i'm julia julia you sound exhausted (laughs) (laughs) you sound you sound like you're done you sound like you're and we're new. We're just recording on an afternoon, too. Yeah, just like a cozy... I didn't finish my coffee this morning. Oh, I'm sorry. It's fine. <clears throat> well... I'm sure everybody cares. <laughs> well, I mean, we have listeners who care deeply about mm. your uh, about your health and welfare. Well, thank you. Me, on the other hand, no one gives a shit. No, I'm kidding. <clears throat> we love you guys. Um, so, uh, my topic today, I'm very excited about it, and you have been asking me to do I this. I have been requesting this. This is a... This is a co-host to co-host request yes which doesn't happen too often but when it does you gotta heed the call yeah you gotta heed the call so um also there's been a lot of talk in the trivia world lately a lot of rumblings Mm -hmm. about pop culture stuff yeah some people consider it trash trivia okay so here's the thing here's here's my personal theory about quote-unquote trash Uh trivia if you get a point for it who cares yeah who cares if you know it or not? Yeah. Who cares if you consider it trash? Right. It Just because you've memorized all of Shakespeare's histories in order. Yeah. Just because you know all the periodic table of the elements and their atomic numbers and blah, blah, blah. Doesn't mean that actors and actresses and singers and, and movies and reality TV stars yeah. aren't going to get you that extra edge at pub trivia mm-hmm. and or a certain online trivia community community just saying i'm just saying it so for the people who care about this kind of thing and would like to know more my topic today will be beyonce boy Uh, Beyonce Knowles Carter, as she is known. <laughs> like you had to specify. I had to specify like, oh, not just, the, not those other Beyonce's, yeah. this Beyonce. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm very excited about this. Me too. When, when I started writing this quiz, uh, I mean, writing this topic, I'm like typing it into my Word document and there was a red squiggly underline under her name while I was writing it. And as I went to right click to ignore, cause I was like, I'm going to be seeing a lot of this. Yeah. Um, it actually suggested her name spelled with the proper accent over the last <laughs> E. And that's how ubiquitous our mm-hmm. Queen B is. Mm-hmm. Even Clippy knows what's up. Yep. So. Accent aigu. Accent aigu on the last E. Yes, ma'am. So. Beyonce Knowles was born in Houston, Texas on September 4th, 1981 to Celestine Tina Knowles. Her uh, maiden name was Beyonce. Really? Yes. Um, she was a hairdresser and a salon owner, and Matthew Knowles, who is a Xerox sales manager. So there's your Rochester connection. Ooh, how about that? Uh, Beyonce's name, as you may have uh, gleaned from this so far, is a tribute to her mother's maiden name. How about that? Yeah, I didn't I realize that. I had no that. idea. Um, her younger sister, Solange, is also a singer and a former backup dancer for Destiny's Child, which was the group that we will talk about in just a moment. Uh, Solange and Beyonce are the first sisters to have both had number one albums. Great. Uh, Matthew, her, their father is African American and Tina is of Louisiana Creole descent, which is a mixture of African Native American and French heritage. Mm -hmm. Uh, through her mother, Beyonce is a descendant of Acadian leader, Joseph Broussard. Mm -hmm. Uh, and Beyonce attended St. Mary's Montessori school in Houston, where she enrolled in dance classes. So she is a trained dancer. Okay. Yeah. 
Her singing talent was discovered when a dance instructor, Darlette Johnson, began humming a song, and she finished it, able to hit all of the high notes. Wow. Uh, Beyonce's interest in music and performing continued after winning a school talent show at age seven, singing John Lennon's Imagine to beat uh, 16-year-olds. Um, so she was a prodigy, as mm-hmm. most you know superstars and very famous people end up being. Uh, when she is eight, she and a childhood friend, Kelly Rowland, uh, met Latavia Roberson while at an audition for an all-girl entertainment group. They at were age pla- eight? Eight. Eight. Uh, they were placed into a group called Girls' Time, with a Y, T-Y-M-E. Not girl, not girls with a Y. No, not girls I, with a Y. Like G Y R L Z. Girls' time uh, with three other girls. There were five of them all together, or uh, six of, of them all together, and rapped and danced on the talent show circuit in Houston. Uh, after seeing the group, R and B producer Arne Fraser brought them to his Northern California studio and placed them in Star Search. Do you remember oh, that okay. TV show? Uh, which at the time was the largest talent show on national TV. Um, Girls Time failed to win, and Beyonce later said that the song that they performed was not good. Uh, In 1995, Beyonce's father resigned from his job to manage the group, and he was their manager for, like, the entirety of Destiny's Child, basically. Um, He cut the original lineup to four, and the group continued performing as an opening act for other established R&B girl groups. And on October 5th, 1995, Dwayne Wiggins' Grassroots Entertainment signed the group, and in 1996, the group got a contract with Columbia Records. Okay. So they changed their name to Destiny's Child in 1996 uh, based upon a passage in the book of Isaiah. Ah. Um, In 1997, Destiny's Child released their major label debut song, which was called Killing Times, uh, on the soundtrack to the 1997 film Men in Black. Oh, so yeah. their debut song was on the Men in Black soundtrack. Exactly. Okay. Um, I don't remember this song. If you listen to it a little bit, uh, you will notice that her, she sounds very young. They all sound very young. It's kind of a slow jam. It was played over the um, the ending credits. credits. Okay. Yeah. Um, so uh, that was their first like taste of fame. So the following year, the group released their self-titled debut album, Destiny's mm-hmm. Child, and they scored their first major hit with No, 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 um, which you have definitely heard before. Yes, this one. And even in this song, you can hear how like young her voice is. Um, and a good uh, rule of thumb with Destiny's Child is that uh, the difference between a Destiny's Child song and a Beyonce song is that there are more voices in a Destiny's <laughs> Child song. And usually, like, she sound, like they sound young. They sound yeah. like teenage girls. Most of their hits, they sound younger. Okay. So the Destiny's Child album established the group as a viable act in the music industry with moderate sales and winning the group three Soul Train Lady of Soul Awards for Best R&B or Soul Album of the Year. Best R&B Soul or Rap New Artist, and Best R&B Soul Single for No, No, No. Uh, the group released their multi-platinum second album, The Writings on the Wall, in 1999. Um, so this one features some of the group's most widely known songs, such as Bills, 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 mm-hmm. um, their first number one single, which is Jumpin', Jumpin', and then Say My Name, which is um, was everywhere, everywhere at the time. It became their most successful song at the time and would remain one of their signature songs, and it won the best R&B performance by a duo or group with vocals and the best R&B song at the 43rd Annual Grammy Awards. Um, And the album that it came on um, uh, sold more than 8 million copies worldwide. 
Uh, you know who bought one of those copies of that album? Was that you? No, my gym teacher, Miss Perry, who was... <laughs> She was, she's just like Judge Judy, but wearing a tracksuit. Okay. Okay. So in gym class, um, from seventh through 12th grade, they had the girls on one side of the gym and the guys on the other side of the gym. So like, usually we did the same, the same sports or whatever at the same time. Like, okay, we did soccer. They did soccer. We did softball. They did baseball, that kind Mm -hmm. of thing. Um, the week that they did archery, we did square dancing Mm -hmm. and then they got to do like ping pong. And instead we had to do jump rope routines. So (laughs) Miss Perry brought out her boom box with the, um, with that, that very destiny's child CD. Oh my God. And we had to break up into groups and pick a song (laughs) off the album and coordinate a jump rope (laughs) routine. So, of course, my group did jump and jump in because it like really fit the brief. Yeah, exactly. Well, and that is what I will forever associate (laughs) with (laughs) that Destiny's Child album. Well, yeah, you could have done Bills, Bills, Bills. You, you know? could have done no, no, no. You couldn't have done no, no, no. That was the previous one. You could have done say my name. You obviously. could have done say my name. Yeah, but no, we went for the more on the nose jumping, jumping. I'm surprised no one else picked jump up before routine. You. Yeah, amazing. <sighs> Sorry, <laughs> no. really, just really bringing me back to Please. Riverview High School. I'm happy to to be the the vessel by which you pour that into. <laughs> um, so. One of the group members of Destiny's Child, her name is Latoya Luckett, mm-hmm. and the aforementioned Roberson became unhappy with Matthew's managing of the band and eventually were replaced by Farrah Franklin and Michelle Williams. Mm-hmm. Uh, Beyonce experienced depression following the split with Luckett and Roberson after being publicly blamed by the media critics and blogs for its cause. Okay. So if you remember at the time, there was like that running joke that Destiny's Child just had girls coming in and out oh. and that people were being cut or fired and then new girls were coming in for like a couple of songs yeah. or an album and then they would leave and that kind of thing. I do distinctly remember an SNL skit of um, the, and I think actually Maya Rudolph was one of them. They weren't, they weren't Destiny's Child. They were Gemini's twin. Gemini's do you remember that? Twin. Yeah. And they were always, they were, the running <laughs> joke was basically like girls kept getting fired and bringing on. So in real life, Beyonce was very worried about that. Sure. Um, her longstanding boyfriend left her at the time. The depression was so severe it lasted for a couple of years during which she occasionally kept herself into her bedroom for days and refused to eat anything. Mm. Uh, Beyonce stated that she struggled to speak about her depression because Destiny's Child had just won their first Grammy Award and she feared no one would take her seriously. Okay. Uh, She would later speak of her mother as the person who helped her fight it and um, Franklin was then dismissed leaving just Beyonce, Kelly Rowland, and Michelle Williams which is the lineup that we all know and love. Mm Um, so the remaining band members recorded, uh, this song for the Charlie's Angels soundtrack, uh, which is called independent women part one. Um, Charlie's Angels of course came out in 2000 and it became their best charting single topping the U S billboard hot 100 chart for 11 consecutive weeks, consecutive weeks. Um, it was everywhere. I remember it was, ev- you know, it was everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, in early 2001, while Destiny's Child was completing their third album, uh, Beyonce uh, landed a major role in the MTV made for television film, which was called Carmen Colon, a hip hopera. Ah, yes, the hip hopera. Yes, uh, starring alongside actor Mecky Pfeiffer. Um, set in Philadelphia, the film is a modern interpretation of the 19th century opera Carmen by French composer George Bizet. 
Uh, when their third album, Survivor, was released in May 2001, it debuted at number one on the U.S. Billboard 200 with the first week sales of 663,000 copies sold in the first week. And that was also like MTV TRL yeah. day. Yeah, that was like peak TRL. Um, so the album spawned other number one hits, including, I mean, how could you, how could you forget this one? Bootylicious which um, everyone loved. And the opening, this opening like um, guitar riff mm-hmm. is... Sounds like Fleetwood Mac. It is Fleetwood Mac. It's it's Edge of 17. It's the opening of Edge of 17. And I remember there was a behind the making of the video on MTV mm-hmm. and they actually had Stevie Nicks like open the video. Like oh. she's like dancing in the mirror and you see Stevie Nicks and yeah. they brought her on. Um, so... And that was a great show, by the way, behind the (laughs) making of the music video. It was great, and I wish that MTV still did that. Anyway, um, and also the title track, Survivor, was a big hit, Um, the latter of which earned the group a Grammy Award for Best R&B Performance by a duo or group with vocals. And after releasing their holiday album, Eight Days of Christmas in October 2001, the group announced a hiatus to further pursue solo careers. Okay. Okay. So... In July 2002, Beyonce made her theatrical film debut, playing Foxy Cleopatra alongside Mike Myers in the comedy film Austin Powers and Goldmember. Um, her, I think her like uh, her like catchphrase was "I'm Foxy Cleopatra and I'm a whole lot of woman." And she had like a big afro, was like a, a mm-hmm. black exploitation character. Mm-hmm. She was cute, and I remember when that came out, thinking she's too big for this. Oh, like too too. Um, Hot, like yeah, like famous? she's like she's too famous to do this. Yeah, right? to do a Mike Myers movie. Yeah, but you know what? The early two thousands were a hell of a drug. You know, like Mike Myers was more popular than Beyonce at this yeah, point. I you know, like right. everyone's yeah. like, oh my god, Mike Myers is a superstar. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Um, she also released the song "Work It Out" as the lead singer from its soundtrack album. Okay, um, which is a very like nineteen seventies sounding like disco y mm-hmm. song. Um, in 2003, Beyonce starred opposite Cuba Gooding Jr. in the musical comedy The Fighting Temptations. She played his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. It was fine. Um, her first solo recording was a feature on Jay-Z's 03 Bonnie and Clyde that was released in October 2002. And I tried to find that song, and I could not find it on Spotify. Oh, I don't that. know what the deal is. Um, but anyway, it peaked at number four on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 chart, and she started a relationship with Jay-Z after their collaboration on the song, which appeared on his seventh album, which was called The Blueprint 2, The Gift and the Curse. Mm-hmm. Uh, she appeared as his girlfriend in the music video for the song, which also fueled speculation that they were dating. Okay. Um, her first solo album is called Dangerously in Love, which was released on June 24th, 2003, after both Michelle Williams and Kelly Rowland had released their solo efforts. Okay. So she had actually held back on dangerously in love because she, I think, I think everyone knew like she was the real superstar of the group. Yeah. Like she had the best voice. Her dad was the manager. Like it's just a whole thing. So she waited for them to release Mm -hmm. theirs and then she released dangerously in love and it sold 317,000 copies in its first week. It debuted atop the billboard 200 and has since sold 11 million copies worldwide. Oh my gosh. Um, the album's lead single is, uh, a, a duet or a collaboration with Jay-Z called crazy in love. And you've heard the song. (laughs) Yeah. Um, it became her first number one single as a solo artist in the U S um, and she was also in the music video. She's dancing down the street. She's wearing like a white tank top. Her hair is like flowing everywhere. 
and this like oh no 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 like refrain is huge you hear it in commercials still oh, yeah it's everywhere for sure um so this was a juggernaut um also the single baby boy also reached number one and singles me myself and i and naughty girl both reached the top five hmm. it's the baby boy one like baby boy you've been on my mind yes. okay exactly um it's amazing looking through that like doing my research on this i was like oh yeah i know like most of these songs <laughs> Um, so after the release of Dangerously in Love, the album, she had planned to produce a follow-up album using several of the leftover tracks. Um, however, this was put on hold so she can concentrate on recording Destiny Fulfilled, the final studio album of Destiny's Child. Okay. So I always thought that it was like Destiny's Child ended, no more Destiny's Child, mm-hmm. and then Beyonce started her solo career. But in fact, there was quite a bit of overlap in the okay. early 2000s. So this album, Destiny Fulfilled, was released in 2004. It included the singles Lose My Breath and Soldier. Um, which reached the top five on the Billboard Hot 100 charts, and Destiny's Child embarked on a worldwide concert tour called Destiny Fulfilled and Loving It, which is sponsored by McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yeah, and they loved it. Um, they, I'm sure, made a ton of money on that tour. Right. Uh, oh they performed hits such as No, 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 Survivor, Say My Name, Independent Woman, and Lose My Breath. In addition to renditions of the group's recorded material, they also performed songs from each of the singer's solo careers, most notably from Dangerously in Love. During the last stop of their European tour in Barcelona, uh, Kelly Rowland announced that Destiny's Child would disband following the North American leg of the tour, and the group had sold 60 million records worldwide by then. Whoa. So, little side note. um, Music was not Beyonce's only thing at the time. Uh, She and her mother introduced House of Darion. Yes. I forgot all about that. Oh my gosh, so did I. It was a contemporary women's fashion line in 2005. Mm-hmm. So the concept is inspired by three generations of women and their family with the name paying tribute to Beyonce's grandmother, whose name was Agnes Darion, who is a respected seamstress. Uh, according to Tina, the overall style of the line best reflects her and Beyonce's taste and style. Beyonce and her, uh, her mother founded the family's company Beyond Productions, which provided the licensing and brand management for House of Darion and its junior collection, which was just called Darion. <laughs> House of Darion pieces were exhibited in Destiny's Child shows and tours during their Destiny Fulfilled era. You remember, like, they they would show up on the red carpet. Those three girls would wear, like, different, like, versions yeah. of the same thing. Like, mm-hmm. Beyonce would be, like, the sexy one. And Michelle would be, like, the modest one. And Kelly would be, like, the like the tomboy. She'd always have <laughs> a pair of pants with, like, a bunch of cutouts in it. Um, and their hair was always, like, up in butterfly mm-hmm. clips. Oh, man. Oh. What a I thing. loved butterfly clips. <laughs> They're back. You can get them now. Can I? Get yes, you can. I if had I... some really pretty ones that were like, they were like, um, the, sh- the color shifted on them. Like, oh, so it started yeah. like green and then went to like clear and then went to purple. Oh, oh they like were an so ombre. pretty. Mm. You can get those. I mean, if I can get a gross <laughs> of velvet scrunchies delivered to my house for eight ninety nine, you can get some butterfly clips. I forget where I was, but Lauren reaches into her handbag and is like, <laughs> Here, take some of these because she had accidentally ordered like 12 dozen velvet scrunchies. <laughs> I did. I thought it was 12. I didn't look closely at the description. I was like, $8.99. I could use some velvet scrunchies. And they showed up at my front door and I was like, oh, this no. is too many this scrunchies. This was a mistake. So, speaking of mistakes, um, the House of Darion collection features sportswear, <laughs> denim offerings with fur. Ooh. Mm, everyone's favorite. Uh, outerwear and accessories that include handbags and footwear and were available at department and specialty stores across the U.S. and Canada. Um, the, it was a specific look. 
Um, I How do, kind? Uh, it was a very early 2000s look, mm-hmm. like low-cut pants, oh, a lot of denim with rhinestones mm-hmm. on it. Vests. Vests. Just vests mm-hmm. that you just Nothing wear under with it. a bra. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was, yeah, a very specific early 2000s look. I don't think House of Darion is still like a thing. Yeah. I think they kind of sold it off to like a, a department store or something. And then sure. it just kind of like quietly went into that good night. Um, so yeah. Uh, but it was a venture and it made, I mean, it made her and her mom some uh, money. Skinny, skinny, skinny scarves. Skinny scarves that you just loop around your neck yeah. once. I did that in college. I thought I was the hottest yeah. thing. I had a, I had dyed my hair red and I had gotten a perm and I had a giant like weird white girl afro and I wore a skinny scarf and a vest over a David Bowie tee and I thought I was the hottest thing. Oh my gosh. So I've known Lauren for like Mm -hmm. almost seven years now and I have never seen a photograph of her before the time that I've known her. Yes. And there's a good reason for that because every time I would have a breakup, I would wipe all evidence of myself off the internet and start over. So, (laughs) so as far as I know, there are no pictures of me before 2013. (laughs) Ha ha. Come get me Google. Um, so anyway, back to Beyonce who's everywhere on the internet. Um, her second album was called B day. It was released in 2006, uh, to coincide with her 25th birthday. Uh, it sold 541,000 copies in its first week and debuted atop the Billboard 200. Of course, it became her second consecutive number one album in the U.S. Uh, the album's uh, lead single was Thanks. called Deja Vu, which again featured Jay-Z. It reached the top five on the Billboard Hot 100 chart. Um, do I know this song? You do. I just hear Jay-Z right now. Yeah, that's just Jay-Z. Here, let me scoot forward here. This sounds like a Jay-Z song. I know. She didn't do a lot of singing on this. Don't worry. Beyonce turns into, becomes her thing. There it is. <laughs> I mean, depending on where you were in 2006, this was this song was pretty okay. everywhere. So, um... The second international single for this uh, was called Irreplaceable. It was a commercial success worldwide. I know that one. Uh, B-Day also produced three other singles, which was Ring the Alarm, Get Me Bodied, and Green Light. Um, Mm. And her first acting role of 2006 was in the comedy film The Pink Panther, starring opposite Steve Martin. Right. I do not remember this. This was not something that I was... I guess, privy to <laughs> at the time. You weren't going out, you were getting midnight tickets to see the Pink Panther? And I, no, I, I wish, I wish. I feel like she had songs on the soundtrack for that too. Um, no, no? Uh, the thing is that came out around the same time as her second film, which was Dream Girls, oh, and which right. totally sure. like mm-hmm. overshot the Pink Panther, mm-hmm. I imagine. So that was the film version of the 1981 Broadway musical loosely based on the Supremes. Um, it received acclaim from critics and grossed $154 million internationally. And she starred opposite Jennifer Hudson, Jamie Foxx, and Eddie Murphy, playing a pop singer based on Diana Ross. Mm-hmm. That movie um, famously made Jennifer Hudson like a superstar. Oh, right. And she won an Oscar for it. It was like a whole thing. Mm-hmm. And I remember the idea was that Dreamgirls was supposed to be a vehicle for Beyonce to like... Right make it into movies Mm -hmm. and instead it was jennifer hudson which is kind of like the same sort of weird opposite storyline of dream girls (laughs) and that it was supposed to be like 
the Diana Ross character is like the popular one right. who like gets a solo career when in fact her backup singer is the better singer. It just right. has like a stronger voice. Um, and her version of, and I'm not telling, uh, and I'm telling you oh, is sure. ph- phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Just incredible. I have, I have goosebumps just thinking about it, but anyway, um, in April 2007, Beyonce embarked on the Beyonce Experience, which was her first worldwide concert tour, feach- visiting 97 venues and grossing over $24 oh million. Dollars. That's so much. That's so much. Is that like a whole year? Basically. Wow. Uh, it's so many venues. She And here's the thing about Beyonce that I can, I can appreciate, and I think anybody can appreciate regardless of what you think of her music or herself. She works hard. Oh, yeah. And she surrounds herself with extremely creative, incredibly intelligent, Mm -hmm. very good people around her, musicians and uh, marketing people and just concepts and all of this, like Mm -hmm. people who work with her on just about every tiny aspect of her life. And she's, that's part of the reason why she's so successful is because she knows how to utilize people, people's talents to the best of their abilities as well. So, at the time, she conducted pre-concert food donations uh, during six major stops in conjunction with her pastor at St. John's and America's Second Harvest. So it was uh, food donations for oh, the homeless. Nice. Um, and at the same time, B-Day was re-released with five additional songs, including her duet with Shakira, which was called Beautiful Liar. That was when Shakira was big, too. Um, so on April 4th, 2008, Beyonce married Jay-Z. Uh, she publicly revealed their marriage in a video montage at the listening party for her third studio album, which was called I Am Sasha Fierce. I Am Sasha Fierce was released on November 18th, 2008, and the album formally introduces Beyonce's alter ego, who's known as Sasha Fierce, uh, who was conceived during the making of her 2003 single Crazy in Love. So Beyonce has mentioned that she is naturally an introvert, kind of a shy, retiring person. Mm-hmm. She's not very... Um, she's kind of a homebody. Mm -hmm. And so in order to like rustle up enough courage to get on stage and start singing, she created this alter ego, which was Sasha fierce Mm -hmm. and Sasha fierce is like sexy and like loves to show off her body. And it's like, loves to show off and be amazing and loud and you know, loves people and all this stuff. So Sasha fierce became like a thing. Yeah. Um, and people in the media picked that up really quickly. So they're like miss Beyonce Knowles, AKA, Sasha Fierce. Right. So it was kind of silly. And I'm sure she's not thrilled about that. The way that, it was. that, that went yeah. on. Um, so it was met with generally mediocre reviews from critics, <laughs> uh, but it was ultimately pretty successful mm-hmm. because she has not everything. had a yeah. flop. Um, the album featured the number one song, which was uh, single ladies parentheses, put a ring on it. All respect to Beyonce, but if I never hear this song for the rest of my life, that would be fine. I know. And you know what? I loved it when it first came out. I, I It was great. The first time I heard it, I was at a club in Syracuse. And I was like, this is it. I love this. Um, but yeah, it was... <laughs> one of the saddest phrases you've ever said to me. <laughs> I was at a club in Syracuse. Oh, I know. It was sad. Um, yeah, that song was a juggernaut. Like, you couldn't... Yeah, couldn't escape it. You still can't escape anywhere. it. You cannot escape it. Weddings. Oh my God. Bachelor parties. Oh Lord. Well, I'll talk about the video in it's, a second. It's the new, like I will survive. Yes. You know? Yes. It's a very like women empowerment. Yeah. Like if you liked, if you like it, then you should have put a ring on it thing. Yeah. Um, the other, uh, single from this album, um, is halo. I do love this. song. Halo is a 
phenomenally beautiful song. Um, I'm going to skip forward a little bit here. and There it is. Her voice is phenomenal on this song. And um, there is a... There's a documentary. Uh, it was her world tour, and it showed that she closes every venue, closes every concert with this song at the time. And in one of them, she's singing the song, and she like is having the audience sing some yeah. of the song, and she gets to like the crescendo part, yeah. and she takes a running jump and dives into the audience. And the first time I saw that, I was like, "She's gonna be torn apart. Oh They're God. gonna kill her." But instead, like, because it's just full of people who adore her, they, like, lifted her up and, like, carried her across to, like, the main stage. And the entire time she's singing at, like, full lung capacity, it was amazing. I cried. Um, Again, I'm somebody who, for some reason, when people sing very well, I... My, the waterworks come on and I just cry like a baby. Yet you hate when people start singing for no reason. Well, I think it's part of that is like, I'm afraid I'm going to cry. Well, no, I don't <laughs> like it when <laughs> I'm a little afraid of people, but also making intense eye contact. It's very uncomfortable. So I'm not going to have a guy be like, babe, I wrote you this song. Look at me while I play my guitar. Babe, I love you. I'd be like, kill me now. <laughs> kill me. So Halo is a great song. Um, achieving the accomplishment of becoming her longest running hot 100 single in her career. Halo's success in the U S helped Beyonce attain more top 10 singles on the list than any other woman during the two thousands. I believe it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I am Sasha fierce also included the successful sweet dreams and singles diva ego, broken hearted girl and video phone, which was the song that she did. Do you remember a video phone? She did video phone with Gaga with lady Gaga. Um, (laughs) But let's talk about Single Ladies for a second. The music video for Single Ladies has been parodied and imitated around the world, spawning the first major dance craze of the internet age, according to the Toronto Star. Okay. The video has won several awards, and at the 2009 MTV Video Music Awards, it was nominated for nine awards, ultimately winning three, including Video of the Year. So the video, if you haven't seen it, it's just black and white. It's just Beyonce and two of her backup dancers. They're performing like pretty intricate choreography. Mm -hmm. She's got, for some reason, one of her arms is covered in like a metal gauntlet type Mm -hmm. thing, which is pretty cool. But otherwise they're just in like black leotards Mm -hmm. and they're dancing. And at one point they like, they're just in a big white room and they start dancing over and the room, as it turns out, has like a curved wall and Uh they like dance up the curved wall and back down Mm -hmm. And it's pretty cool. It's just a good video for like good choreography. Mm -hmm. That's it. Um, She told Entertainment Weekly at the time that the inspiration for the video was a 1969 Bob Fosse routine entitled Mexican Breakfast, which was seen on the Ed Sullivan show, which featured Bob Fosse's wife, Gwen Verdon, Mm -hmm. who was dancing with two other women. So it's almost, if you look it up on YouTube, it's almost identical to it. She pulled a lot of choreography from that. Um, and it's cool because she, in her music videos, even as far back as this, um, she makes a lot of references to other things, mm-hmm. other musicians, other dance, cra- other cor- famous yeah. choreography, um, contemporary art. She makes a lot of references to contemporary mm-hmm. art. Um, and it's cool to kind of like watch it and be like, oh, I recognize that. Or, yeah. oh, that's really cool. Where did she get that from? So... Um, the other thing about the single ladies video is it's failure to win the best female video category, which went to American singer songwriter, Taylor Swift's Be You Belong With Me led to Kanye West interrupting the ceremony and Beyonce improvising a representation of Swift's award during her own acceptance speech. Oh. <laughs> so it was single ladies that caused the whole fervor uh. around that. 
Um, in March 2009, Beyonce embarked on the I Am World Tour, her second headlining worldwide concert tour consisting of 108 shows grossing $119.5 million. Maybe that's what we should do. <laughs> Become huge musical superstars? That seems harder than it. I do is like one world tour. Can we do a world tour? I mean, we do have <laughs> listeners in, I know, at least Australia uh-huh. and Ireland. Yeah. That's two. And if we if we do at least one in Rochester, that's technically a world tour. Oh, and I Canada. Like, and we could do one in Canada. We have some Canadian listeners. Yeah. One world tour. Profit. Done. <laughs> Question mark. <laughs> profit. Dollar bills. Dollar bills. Dollar bills. Or euros. Since it's a world tour. Um, <laughs> yeah. Let's. We'll. We'll. Put a pin about that. that. Put a pin in it. Um, She further expanded her acting career, starring as blues singer Etta James in the 2008 musical biopic Cadillac Records. Mm -hmm. Uh, Her performance in the film received praise from critics, and she garnered several nominations for her portrayal of James, including a Satellite Award nomination for Best Supporting Actress and an NAACP Image Award nomination for Outstanding Supporting Actress. She donated her entire salary from the film to Phoenix House, which is an organization of rehabilitation centers for heroin addicts around the country. Great. Because Etta James was a heroin addict. Mm, jazz, point. remember? Oof. Everybody, everybody in jazz. Jazz was a hell of a drug. <laughs> I'm going to keep saying that, I guess. Um, on January 20th, 2009, Beyonce performed James's At Last at first couple Barack and Michelle Obama's first inaugural ball. That's another like famous moment. Mm-hmm. Um, she also starred opposite Allie Lauder and Idris Elba in the thriller Obsessed at the time. She played a mother and wife whose family is threatened by her husband's stalker. Do you remember that? I remember that. Yeah. She's, yeah, it's... It j- <laughs> She's made some choices in yeah. the acting career part of it. But that made a lot of money, apparently. Yeah. Oh, yeah. sure. Idris Elba and Beyonce yeah. in a movie? I'd watch it With a crazy night. lady? Yeah. Sure. I'd watch it tonight. Um, so at the 52nd annual Grammy Awards, Beyonce received 10 nominations and tied with Lauryn Hill for the most Grammy nominations in a single year by a female artist. Um, in 2010, Beyonce was featured on Lady Gaga's single, which is called telephone so it she also appeared in its music video which had a very um quentin tarantino quality to it um and the song topped the u.s pop song charts so around the same time beyonce was in telephone and gaga was in video phone and they both did a music video with each other yeah. and oh this is such a good song i forgot how good the song is this is a good gym song Yes, it is a good gym song. Um, and the video is like funny and weird. Um, and Beyonce looks amazing in it. And so does Gaga. But like, I mean, we're talking about Beyonce right now. So uh, she announced a hiatus from her music career uh, in January 2010, um, heeding her mother's advice to live life, to be inspired by things again. Uh, During the break, she and her father parted ways as business partners, and Beyonce's musical break lasted nine months and saw her visit multiple European cities, the Great Wall of China, the Egyptian Pyramids, Australia, English music festivals, and various museums and ballet performances. So she just, like, took some time off, which was, like, the first time she She had done that since she was, like, 16, basically. (laughs) Um, She suffered a miscarriage around 2010 or 2011, describing it as the saddest thing she had ever endured. Uh, She returned to the studio and wrote music to cope with the loss. 
And in April 2011, Beyonce and Jay-Z traveled to Paris to shoot the album cover for Four, which was her fourth album. Also, the number four. Oh, my God. She loves it. Is her favorite number. You mentioned they got married on April 4th. They did get married on April 4th. Mm -hmm. Uh, I would like to point out that this is episode number 121, which if you add... One plus two plus one, <gasps> it equals four. And oh my we did god! Not plan that. I did not do that on purpose. You know what it was? It was the inspir. It was Alice Beyonce. Cooper. <laughs> no, it was Alice Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it was the ben- our benevolent deity, Beyonce Knowles. <laughs> um, and then she unexpectedly became pregnant in Paris. So in August, the couple attended the 2011 MTV Mu- Video Music Awards, at which uh, Beyonce performed "Love on Top" and ended the performance by revealing she was pregnant. Mm-hmm. So she performed Very the song. Iconic. She's dancing. She's dancing. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, she's like, uh, "Finally, you got my love on top." And she turned sideways and she rubbed her belly. Yeah. And people lost their yeah. Shit. Did she do something that was like a clothing reveal or something? Like like she it, was, yeah. She, she was look? wearing a jacket. Yeah. Um, and it, like there was like a one piece like jumpsuit yeah. underneath, and she like unbuttoned the jacket mm-hmm. or pulled the jacket away mm-hmm. and like rubbed her belly, mm-hmm. and it, she wasn't like. She had just like just yeah. popped, it mm-hmm. seems. So you wouldn't have noticed if you were looking at her directly yeah. on. And she's already someone who like clearly takes care of her body yeah. and like works out a lot. Oh, yeah. So um, so her appearance helped that year's MTV Video Music Awards become the most watched broadcast in MTV <laughs> history, pulling in 12.4 million viewers. And the announcement was listed in Guinness World Records for most tweets per second recorded for a single event. <laughs> Uh, receiving 8,868 tweets per second. And, quote, Beyonce pregnant was the most Googled phrase the week of August 29th, 2011. So, on June 26, 2011, she became the first solo female artist to headline the main pyramid stage at the 2011 Glastonbury Festival in over 20 years. Her fourth studio album, Four, was released two days later in the U.S., and it sold 310,000 copies in its first week and debuted atop the <gasps> Billboard. Two plus top one plus zero is four. Oh, my God. <clears throat> it also gave her her fourth consecutive number one mm. album in the U.S. <gasps> well, it's her fourth album. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, The album was preceded by two of its singles, which one of them is this song, which is Run the World, girls, parentheses, Girls. Um, and the other song was called Best Thing I Never Had. Mm-hmm. Um, the fourth single, Love on Top, spent seven consecutive weeks at number one on the hot R&B hip-hop songs chart while peaking at number 20 on the Billboard Hot 100, the highest peak from the album. So the video for the song Countdown we will talk about. Um, it's one of my favorite songs. It's going to be the thinking music. I'm going to tell you that right now. It's just great. It shows off her voice. It's a fun, like good pop song. It's something that you could dance to. It's great. The video for it garnered some controversy. And the reason being was because it was pretty obvious that the choreography and the visuals for a large part of it was lifted from, of all things, Belgian choreographer, Anna Teresa de Kiersmacher's pieces, Roses Danced Roses from 1983, and Achterlund, which was from 1990. Um, The director of the music video, uh, Adria Petty, in an interview with MTV, stated that along with Knowles, had viewed some German modern dance clips as they were exploring cultural reference points. Although she never mentioned uh, Der Kiersmacher specifically. She concluded that very little of Kiersmacher's actual choreography inspired the finished result. Mm. If you see them side by side, you can tell at least the visuals, if not certain aspects of the choreography were definitely like similar yeah. enough that if you were someone who was familiar with Kiersmacher's work, you'd be like, Oh my God, that's 
Roses Danced Roses okay. or Achterland or whatever. Yeah. Um, so it kind of blew over, but De Kiersmerker wrote in a statement uh, that she was neither angry or honored about mm-hmm. its usage, questioning why it had taken so long for her work to reach popular culture. It might have actually been a bigger deal if this were an American because you can copyright um, choreography. choreography. Exactly. Um, she also noted a coincidence that in that they were both pregnant during the filming of both of those videos, hmm. and she wished Knowles the same joy her daughter had brought her. Well, that's nice. Which was very gracious mm-hmm. of her, because she could have taken her, like... Oh, yeah. She could have really made a big deal oh, about this. Oh, you're Beyonce. Yeah. Oh, you have money? Can you... Mm, money, please. <laughs> um, so, on January 7th, 2012, Beyonce gave birth to her first child, a daughter, whose name is Blue Ivy Carter, in New York. Five months later, she performed for four nights at Ravel Atlantic City's Ovation Hall to celebrate the resort's opening. Atlantic so she, City? Yeah. I mean, maybe Atlantic City was bigger yeah, in 2012. Easy to get to from I guess. New York, I guess. I'm sure she was like, if you pay me, I guess yeah. I'll go. Like, yeah. I'm already here. <laughs> I've been working out. I've, I still look good. So... In January 2013, Destiny's Child released Love Songs, a compilation album of the romance-themed songs from their previous albums, and a newly recorded track, which was called Nuclear. It wasn't a single, I've never heard it. I don't think we have to worry about that. Oh, okay. So they released an album, but it was just a compilation. Um, so I would, I guess that's technically like the last Destiny's Child album. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's they, they didn't like get together okay. for it. Uh, Beyonce performed the American National Anthem singing along with a pre-recorded track at President Obama's second inauguration in Washington, D.C. So I'm going to talk a little bit about this because there was a prank involved from a radio DJ, I think a local Washington, D.C. radio DJ. Um, And he was like, oh, we got the isolated vocals from that because the thing was she sang and it was outside Mm -hmm. in January in Washington, Mm -hmm. D.C. It was especially cold and everyone was like, oh my God, her voice is so amazing. Look at how great she is. She sang that incredibly hard song in the cold, Mm -hmm. like with just like a little music in the background and just killed it dead. So this DJ was like, oh, we isolated the vocals. It wasn't as good as you think. And it was like, he played it over the air and him and his co-hosts were like cracking up because she sounded terrible. She like, she was so all over the place. She was out of tune. It was ridiculous. So that like went all over the internet. Right. So our queen bee, Beyonce Knowles (laughs) Carter quickly remedied the situation. She called a press conference and she got all of these press people in a room and she walked out at the, uh, a lot of time. And she said, please rise for the national anthem. And then she sang it <laughs> beginning to end uh-huh. with no background music or anything, completely acapella. <laughs> and then at the end she said, thank you and left. <laughs> so later it came out that he was like, oh no, it was a prank. Like uh-huh. we ran it through like some software program yeah. or whatever and just like mess it up. We didn't know that it was going to get that big. We just thought it was going to be just like a funny thing. And he apologized personally to uh, yeah, Beyonce. I can. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, do not mess with this woman. Yeah. Anyway. Or her fans. Or her fans. The beehive. Ooh, we will talk about the beehive. So after this, after she quickly, you know, and also not for nothing, there's something to say about ego in this, but also like that's her livelihood. Yeah. You can't, if you're going to smear her talent or her livelihood, this thing that makes it the only thing that makes her money. Yeah. Which granted is a lot of money. Um, she's going to want to like fix that as soon as Uh humanly possible. And she did it, I think in a pretty like funny, smart way. Um, so anyway, the following month she performed at the super bowl halftime show. Uh, it was super bowl 45, 
six, seven, 47. <laughs> is it in Roman numerals? Yes, it is in Roman numerals. Um, it was held at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome in New Orleans. Uh, the performance stands as the second most tweeted about moment in history at 268,000 <laughs> tweets per minute. So she holds the first and second most tweeted about moment. Oh, my God. Her feature-length documentary film is called Life is But a Dream. It first aired on HBO in uh, February of 2013, and the film was co-directed by Beyonce herself. (laughs) Uh, On April 15th of that year, she embarked on the Mrs. Carter Show World Tour in Belgrade. Uh, The tour included 132 dates that ran through to March 2014. It became the most successful tour of her career and one of the most successful tours of all time. She launched it in Serbia? Yeah, I... (laughs) I don't know. Maybe noted be- hotspot, <laughs> Belgrade, Serbia. Well, I think you know when your first date of a tour, you're going to get the kinks uh, out. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Okay. so you're not going to open in like London, okay. you know, or right. Los Angeles. You're going to open in like <laughs> Serbia. So uh, on December 13th, 2013, Beyonce unexpectedly released her eponymous fifth studio album on the iTunes store without any prior announcement or promotion. Is this her breaking the internet, Lauren? This was her breaking the internet. So this was an album called Beyonce. It is my favorite album of hers. It's fabulous from beginning to end. Um, It debuted atop the Billboard Top 200 charts, giving her her fifth consecutive number one album in the U.S., uh, this made her the first woman in the charts history to have her first five studio albums debut at number one. Wow. Uh, she received critical acclaim and commercial success, selling one million digital copies world bo- worldwide in six days. Uh, musically, it's an electro R&B album. It concerns darker themes previously unexplored in her work, such as bulimia, postnatal depression, and the fears and insecurities of marriage and motherhood. How are you going to sing about bulimia? Um, the, the song called Pretty Hurts okay. um, was about, uh, like, uh, the whole, like, trope of the video specifically was about, like, a Miss America pageant. Okay. And that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it actually opens with her as, like, a Miss America contestant. Okay. And they ask her, like, what is your goal in life? Mm-hmm. And she says, and she's, like, trying to answer the question, mm-hmm. and then the song starts, and it's very good. Um, so her, the first single off of this that I think you may know it was called Drunken Love, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of dirty. And it was also featured Jay-Z. Is that the one with the cheddar biscuits? Uh, the cheddar biscuits? Was that, do you mean hot sauce in my bag swag? No. <laughs> I mean, uh, you, uh, if you, if you sex her up right, she'll take you to Red Lobster oh, for some biscuits. Yeah. No, that's formation. <laughs> <laughs> no, this one is um, this one is the surfboard okay. one. Oh, she references surfboard. How could I forget? Yes, does that mean something dirty? I mean, she's riding wood. It's her surfboard. Sorry, it's a very dirty song. I mean, it's a beautiful song. She sounds amazing in it. Um, but this song is, I think, not her best on this album. Because, okay. again, the, the album is kind of dark. Mm-hmm. Um, and it explores some dark themes. And um, it's kind of, I would think, like, thematically the first indication that maybe there were some problems in her marriage. Ooh, okay. Uh, so we will talk about that. But mm-hmm. um, we can talk a little bit about Beyonce, the album, right now. So... Again, as I mentioned before, it's my favorite of hers so far. Every song had a music video, um, mm-hmm. and they were it was all released at the same time, the album and right. the music videos all at once. Uh, and since it was released on the iTunes store, and I didn't want to buy things from the iTunes store, I had to scour the internet for them in the following weeks. So mm-hmm. I was like constantly Googling, like, 
you know, I was like picking off the sound, the tracks, like, okay, I've seen XO and I've seen drunken love and I want to know what partition is and like all this stuff. So, um, she, again, one of the reasons why I like her so much is because she makes a lot of good visual references in her videos. So, um, one of my favorite songs on the album is this song that she did with a duet with Drake and it's called mine. And the video is extremely beautiful, and it references both Michelangelo's Pietà and Rene Magritte's painting uh, The Lovers from 1928. Okay. So The Lovers is that very famous painting of the, the couple with like a shroud over their mm-hmm. face, and they're kissing. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the video, uh, what's cool about it is that all of her, all of her dancers are black women. Um, she's obviously a black woman. There are black men. It's, it's a very, like, it's a a very black power video. Mm-hmm. I mean, most of her videos are very like the, it highlights the beauty of black people. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like this beautiful beach and this couple is like coming out of the sea. And then in the next scene, you see like this wet shroud over their faces and they're okay. like kissing and it's very beautiful. And the shroud actually says yours on one side and mine on the other. Okay. And it's this beautiful song about, you know, difficulties in a marriage and how I am yours, but I am my own person and you are mine, but I recognize that you're your own person. Sometimes that doesn't always mesh. Um, And again, she sounds beautiful on it and it's just a great song. Uh, So, and that was one of the things that I was like, when I saw the Magritte reference, I was like, she knows what she's doing. Like, (laughs) this is is good, good. Um, So yeah. Beyonce is a great album, but on February 6, 2016, she released Formation. So this was the first single off of her following album. And how long after Beyonce was Formation released? So um, Beyonce came out in uh, 2013. Okay. And then Formation came out in 2016, three years later. So Formation and its accompanying music video uh, was exclusively released on the music streaming platform, which is Tidal. Yeah. Which is, Tidal is owned by Uh Jay-Z and her. And I think uh, Kanye West owns part of it. And so does Madonna. Like it's a whole thing. Um, and it's basically like a reaction from the music business, like musicians and artists who are like kind of taking back control over streaming. Mm-hmm. Um, cause a lot of people lost a lot of money and granted some, a lot of these people were like multimillionaires anyway, but yeah, there's a lot of controversy about that. Um, so the song formation was actually made available to download for free and she performed formation live for the first time during the NFL Super Bowl 50 halftime show. I remember that. So the appearance was considered con- controversial as it appeared to reference the 50th anniversary of the Black Panther Party mm-hmm. and the NFL forbids political statements in its performances. Mm-hmm. Um, so immediately following the performance, Beyonce announced the Formation World Tour, which highlighted stops in both North America and Europe. And it ended on October 7th with Beyonce bringing out her husband, Jay-Z, Kendrick Lamar, and Serena Williams because they're best hey. friends. Uh, she brought them out for the last show, and the tour went on to win Tour of the Year at the 44th American Music Awards. Tour of the Year? Tour of the Year. I didn't know that was a prize. Yeah, apparently it's a prize. Um, so on April 16th, she released a teaser clip for a project called Lemonade, mm-hmm. and people lost their minds. Oh my gosh, they love Lemonade. It turned out to be a one-hour film which aired on HBO exactly one week later, and a corresponding album with the same title was released on the same day exclusively on title. And what year was that? 2016. So the same year that she released Formation, Formation. she also released Lemonade. Yeah. So Formation. I knew that there were two of them right in a row, but I couldn't remember. Well, Formation was the single. It's just the song. So Formation was the first single off of Lemonade. Oh, okay. Um, But no one knew that it was going to be an album. Like they just thought it was a single, just like a, a single to 
kind of coincide with like the Super Bowl performance. Okay. So when she released Lemonade, everyone was like, oh my God, it's a whole album. Uh, so people were very excited. Uh, it debuted at number one, as you might think. Uh, it became, it made Beyonce the first act in Billboard history to have their first six studio albums atop the chart. Of course. And she broke a record previously tied with DMX in 2013. DMX. Remember DMX? No. <laughs> exactly. Um, so with all 12 tracks of Lemonade debuting on the Billboard Hot 100, Beyonce also became the first female act to chart 12 or more songs at the same time. Oh my gosh. Uh, additionally, Lemonade was streamed 115 million times through title, setting a record for the most streamed album in a single week by a female artist in history. Do we know what the title refers to? Title? The title. Oh, Lemonade? Yes. Because um, she, and this this was like made fun of, um, but she said Lemonade is in reference to her mother-in-law said her old, this old adage that she used to tell her all the time, when life gives you lemons, you make Lemonade. And because of referencing like this very difficult time that uh-huh. she was having. And in the, like the, the announcement of this, she made it seem like this is an adage that you've probably never heard of, <laughs> but his mother, I mean, honestly, she was such a wise woman. And she said this to me and I was like, wow, that is so powerful. Um, so people were like, uh, yeah, Beyonce, we've all heard this. My, um, my mom, my mom says, if life gives you lemons, make limoncello, mm. <laughs> which is way better actually. Um, so the reference was the entire album, and this is amazing. The entire album is basically her just excoriating Jay-Z for cheating on her, Mm -hmm. like explicit and implicit references to him cheating on her and how she's going to leave with their child and how she she's going to be okay. And that like, how could you do this to me? You killed me like all this stuff. And it is a beautiful album about pain. Uh And it, and the best part is, is that she went on tour for this album and she dragged him along with him. So with her, so she was like, Oh, you cheated on me. You're sorry. Great. I'm going to make this entire album about it. I'm going to make a ton of money and you're coming with me. Yeah. And I'm going to have you perform on some of the songs. Yeah. Now I wonder like how come he came away after that? Like looking okay. I think it's because she forgave him. Okay. And because she punished him in such a public (laughs) and like life ending Mm -hmm. way. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then she was like, no, my beehive be gracious to him that everyone was like, okay, <laughs> buzz, <laughs> we'll buzz. let him go. Yeah. Buzz, buzz, I guess. Yeah. It's very weird how that worked out, but yeah, she, I mean, it's like the best scorned woman album ever. <laughs> sorry. The song, sorry is phenomenal. And the, the music video, stop it. Anyway, it was 2016's third highest selling album in the U S in June 2019, it was certified three times platinum, having sold up to 3 million album equivalent units in the United States alone. Forget about worldwide. So it became her most critically acclaimed work to date, receiving universal acclaim. Um, part of the reason why Lemonade was so popular, not only because it was about pain, but because for probably the first time in a very overt way, she was referencing the history of, of black experience. Mm-hmm. And she was making explicit references to her culture okay. and um, she wasn't being apologetic about it and she wasn't dumbing it down and she wasn't being, um, she wasn't explaining anything. Mm-hmm. It was a, an album for her people and for her people alone. Yeah. And if you didn't get it, then too bad. She wasn't going to sit there and explain it to you. Sure. Um, and people just fucking loved this. Um, so uh, 
Several music publications included the album among the best of 2016, including Rolling Stone, which listed Lemonade at number one. And the album's visuals were nominated in 11 categories at the 2016 MTV Video Music Awards, the most ever received by Beyonce in a single year and went on to win eight, including Video of the Year for Formation. Um, The eight wins made Beyonce the most awarded artist in the history of the VMAs, which is 24, surpassing Madonna, who had 20. Yeah. So... In January 2017, it was announced that Beyonce would headline the Coachella Music and Arts Festival. Right. Okay. Yes. So she would. This would make her the only the second female headliner of the festival since it was founded in 1999. Mm-hmm. Only the second. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was later announced on February 23rd, 2017, that Beyonce would no longer be able to perform at the festival due to doctors' concerns regarding her pregnancy. She was pregnant with twins. So it was. It was announced in January that she was going to headline. Right. And then in February, she announced she was pregnant with twins. Yeah. And then they were like, Never she, mind. she's Sorry. not going to be able to do that. So um, the festival uh, owners announced that she will instead headline the 2018 festival. Mm-hmm. But upon the announcement of her departure from the festival lineup, uh, ticket prices dropped by 12%. Oh, sure. Um, so her uh, birth announcement... Uh, or her expectation announcement. Mm-hmm. She did not even... Her announcement gained over 6.3 million likes within the first eight hours on Instagram, breaking the world record for the most liked image on the website at the time. Uh, on July 13th, 2017, she uploaded the first image of herself and the twins onto her Instagram account, confirming their birth date as um, the month prior on June 13th, 2017. And the names Rumi and Sir Carter, which the, uh, with the post becoming the second most liked on Instagram behind her own pregnancy announcement. <laughs> so Rumi is, a, uh, is an Indian <clears throat> name meaning like love. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, the female twin. And then Sir, S-I-R, is the male twin. And Sir, um, there's also a um, makeup artist, her makeup artist, as a matter of fact, uh, whose name is Sir, and that's his first name. I don't know if if he if she named her son after him or if that's hmm. just like a thing, but yeah, Rumi and Sir and Blue Ivy, those are their children. So the twins were born at uh, in California at UCLA Medical Center. Rumi, the daughter, was born before Sir, the son, just as an FYI. Uh, she wrote of her pregnancy and its aftermath in the September 2018 issue of Vogue in which she had full control of the cover <laughs> and it was shot at Hammerwood Park by photographer Tyler Mitchell, who was only 21 at the time and like oh. was a totally unknown photographer. Um, but she had seen his Instagram account and saw that he was like a really mm-hmm. a- accomplished photographer for his age. Um, so uh, she hired him and it like his career blew wow. up. So April 14th, 2018, Beyonce played the first of two weekends as the headlining act of the Coachella Music Festival. Mm-hmm. It opened with with an announcement like a male voice comes on the the comes over the PA and is like, this is no longer Coachella, this is Beachella. And then she like came out. It was amazing. I like I cried. It was amazing. So <clears throat> her performance of April 14th, attended by 125,000 festival goers, was immediately praised with multiple media outlets describing it as historic. And it was. It became the most tweeted about performance of Weekend One, as well as the most watched show um, on YouTube of all time. Wow. Uh, The show paid tribute to black culture, specifically historically black colleges and universities, also known as HBCUs, and featured a live band with over 100 dancers. And Destiny's Child also reunited during the show. So um, it's she comes out, it's like the whole stage is huge bleachers. It looks Mm -hmm. like bleachers. And the band is 
just a, it's basically a marching band Mm -hmm. and there's a ton of them. Mm -hmm. And she comes out and walks down the bleachers and everyone is in that the first weekend, everyone was in yellow. Okay. So the yellow, the reason why they were in yellow was because it was a, uh, reference to, uh, Alpha Phi Alpha, which was the first black fraternity, mm-hmm. um, which was established in 1906. And, uh, both Frederick Douglass and Martin Luther King and Jesse Owens were all members of this fraternity. So it was a, an homage to not only just like HBCUs in yeah. general, but also this particular fraternity. Um, it was choreographed down to the second mm-hmm. she sang live constantly, like two solid right. hours of her just singing live it. yeah killing it dead the following weekend they did it exactly the same way like again choreographed down to the second but everyone was in pink mm-hmm. and pink was for alpha kappa alpha which was the first black sorority mm-hmm. which was established in 1908 uh coretta scott king and tony morrison are both akas or is yeah. that it akas okay great um they turned it into a documentary which i will talk about in just a moment but on June 6, 2018, Beyonce and husband Jay-Z kicked off their On The Run 2 tour in Cardiff in the UK. Ten days later at their final London performance, the pair unveiled Everything Is Love, which was their joint studio album, uh, which was credited under the name The Carters okay. and initially available exclusively on title, as you can imagine. The pair also released the video for the album's lead singer, which, single, which was called Ape Shit on Beyonce's official YouTube channel. Um, Ape Shit, the music video, which you, if you haven't seen it, you should watch it. It was famously filmed in an empty Louvre. Oh, right, right, um, right. With the pair standing in front of the Mona Lisa. Yeah. Basically, Beyonce and Jay-Z like rented out, out the Louvre. Yeah. And another great thing about this is not only was it like, ooh, the Louvre, like you see all these great this great art, and it's empty. Like mm-hmm. you never see the Louvre empty, no. not even in photos. Um, and uh, it's this idea of, all of this artwork represents white bodies. Mm-hmm. Like you see white bodies everywhere. And so it's Beyonce and her dancers and Jay-Z and they are in the Louvre by themselves. And it's this idea of like, imp- like putting black bodies onto this like canon of art history. Okay. Um, and like representing themselves in this, mm-hmm. which is this, you know, bastion of Western art. Um, and it's cool and it's beautiful. It's a beautiful, and she looks amazing. She's in like Givenchy. They just look great. It's a very good, and the song, the song's good. It's not my favorite, um, but the music video is a hundred percent worth watching. <laughs> so, um, on April 17th, 2019, she partnered with Netflix and premiered the 137 minute documentary and concert film homecoming, which is basically just the film okay. of the Coachella performance. Okay. And the cool thing is, is that, um, and it was also intercut with like her talking about her pregnancy and her, and how hard it was to get back to like her career Mm -hmm. and how it really like her body was not the same and all of this stuff, like a little bit of personal stuff, but it's mostly the concert. And the cool thing is, is that they intercut both days. Mm -hmm. So in one scene, you'll be watching them like performing and then it'll cut to all of a sudden everybody's in pink and all of a sudden everybody's in yellow. And it just shows how like, to the yeah. inch how choreographed this was where they could just intercut both yeah. of those weekends and it there's no it's seamless except for what they're wearing <laughs> um so i watched it with steve he didn't get it i think he was bored like halfway through but i was like eyes shining like a kid at christmas like so <laughs> excited um so it was accompanied by the live album which was just the live performance mm-hmm. um which was called homecoming the live album it received six nominations at the 71st Primetime Creative Arts Emmys. Um, 
And also, most recently, Beyonce starred in the voiceover role of Nala in the remake of The Lion King. Right. Uh, she is featured on the film's soundtrack, released in July, with a remake of the song Can You Feel the Love Tonight, <laughs> alongside Dan- uh, Donald Glover, Billy Eichner, and Seth Rogen. Additionally, an original song from the film by Beyonce, which is called Spirit, um, is uh, a surprisingly good song. Um, and it was released as the lead sing- single from both the soundtrack and um, the film. Uh, they also released an album called The Lion King, The Gift, and it was produced by Beyonce. And she called it a sonic cinema. And she also stated the album is influenced by everything from R&B, pop, hip-hop, and Afrobeat. And the songs were additionally produced by African producers, which Beyonce said was because authenticity and heart were important to her since the film is set in Africa. Um, So, a little bit about her awards. Uh, In 2001, she became the first black woman and second female lyricist to win the Pop Songwriter of the Year Award at the American Society of Composers, Authors, and Publishers, Pop Music Awards. Um, She was the third woman to have writing credits on three number one songs, Irreplaceable, Grills, and Check On It in the same year after Carole King in 1971 and Mariah Carey in 1991. And she is tied with American lyricist Diane Warren at third with nine songwriting credits on number one singles. And in May 2011, Billboard magazine listed Beyonce at number 17 on their list of the top 20 Hot 100 songwriters for having co-written eight singles that hit number one on the Billboard Hot 100. She was one of only three women on that list, along with Alicia Keys and Taylor Swift. Um, So a little bit about her backing band. In 2006, Beyonce introduced her all-female tour band, which was called Sugar Mama, also the name of a song on uh, her album, BJ, which includes bassists, drummers, guitarists, horn players, keyboardists, and percussionists. Her background singers are called The Mamas and consist of Motina Cooper-Donnell, Crystal Collins, and Tiffany Monique Riddick. Um, so when she tours, she tours with an all-female band, wow. no questions asked. Mm-hmm. Um, and they made their debut appearance at the 2006 BET Awards and reappeared in the music videos for Irreplaceable and Greenlight. And the band have supported Beyonce in the most subsequent live performances. So when she performs live, the Sugar Mamas are are backing her. And they're amazing. Like, they're also yeah. extremely good performers. Mm-hmm. So it's just like a real riot of fun up there. It looks like they're having a great time. Um, the Beehive is the name given to Beyonce's mm-hmm. very rabid fan base who will come after you online if you say anything nasty about Beyonce. Yes. So Beehive, please. I am I am a member. I am a worker bee <laughs> in the Beehive. Uh, they were previously titled the Beyontourage, which is a portmanteau, obviously, of Beyonce and Entourage, but I like the Beehive better. Um, so a little bit about uh, Beyonce and Jay-Z as a couple. As of April 2014, the couple have sold a combined 300 million records together. They are known for their private relationship, although they have appeared to become more relaxed in recent years, and both have acknowledged difficulty that arose in their marriage after Jay-Z had an affair, as I mentioned before. Um, So, again, following the release of Lemonade, which included the single Sorry uh, in 2016, speculations arose about Jay-Z's alleged infidelity with a mistress referred to as Becky in the single Sorry. Um, John Perellas in the New York Times pointed out that many of the accusations were aimed specifically and recognizably at him. Because the whole album is about it, and she didn't yeah. make any, like... How come he didn't make an album that uh, said sorry? I can't imagine she let him. <laughs> like, no, you're not allowed to say anything. Also, at the time, um, just before Lemonade was released, if you remember correctly, there was, like, a security camera footage that got leaked oh, right. of Solange, mm-hmm. like 
kicking his ass in, yeah, in an, an elevator. elevator. Mm-hmm. And Beyonce's like, just, she doesn't react. She's just like leaning against the wall and mm-hmm. watching her like basically kick him yeah. a lot. Uh, and people were like, Ooh, I wonder what's going on. Like, what do they like? They've, and then there was rumors about like, there was always tension between Solange and Jay-Z yeah. and blah, blah, blah. Um, but then it came out like, Oh no, it was because that was around the time that it was mm-hmm. that she found out that he was cheating on her. So it was like this whole thing. So, um, MTV estimated that by the end of 2014, Beyonce would become the highest paid black musician in history. This became the case in April of 2014. Uh, uh, in June of 2014, Beyonce ranked at number one on the Forbes Celebrity 100 list, earning an estimated $115 million throughout June 2013 and June 2014. This, in turn, was the first time she had topped the Celebrity 100 list as well as being her highest yearly earning to date. Uh, the couple also topped the highest paid celebrity couple list with combined earnings of $107.5 million. And as of 2018, Forbes calculated her net worth to be $355 million, and in June of the same year ranked her as the 35th highest earning celebrity with annual earnings of $60 million. <laughs> this tied Beyonce with Madonna as the only two female artists to earn more than $100 million within a single year twice. Uh, as a couple with Jay-Z, they have a combined net worth of $1.16 billion with a B. <laughs> In July 2017, Billboard announced that Beyonce was the highest paid musician of 2016 with an estimated total of 62.1 million. Beyonce is known for coining popular phrases such as hmm. put a ring on it, a euphemism for marriage proposal, I woke up like this, uh, which started a trend of pers- posting oh morning selfies with the hashtag I woke up like this and boy bye, which was used as part of the Democratic National Committee's campaign for the 2020 election. Yeah. All right. Uh, similarly, she also came up with the phrase visual album following the release of her fifth studio album, which had a video for every song. Mm -hmm. And now a little bit about her voice. Um, Beyonce is a mezzo soprano with a 3.5 octave range. What does that mean? Uh, well, the average person singer or not has a two octave range. Mm -hmm. Uh, in contrast, Whitney Houston, Freddie Mercury, and Mariah in her prime all had five octave ranges. So (laughs) she is a very good and precise singer. Mm -hmm. Um, Her range is excellent. It's not the best, but, you know, it wasn't her octave range that got her where she is. So that is my not so quick and dirty about Beyonce Knowles Carter. I just learned so much. It's like, like I was there for some of it. Yeah. When it happened, but I didn't like have a catalog of this. Yeah. Um, I would highly recommend if you are trying to get into Beyonce as like an artist and not like a pop singer, Mm -hmm. I highly recommend the Beyonce album. It's available on Spotify. Um, it's just a really good, very sophisticated musically album. And my favorite song is called jealous, which I wasn't going to put as the thinking music because it's kind of a, a slow tempo song and I wanted something like a little bit more fun, mm-hmm. but yeah, jealous is so incredible. Her voice on that. Oh, stop it. It's amazing. Anyway, enough about Beyonce. My quiz for you today is called Beyonce, a quiz on bees and their friends. <laughs> Question number one. Many species of bees and wasps are what's called eusocial, which means they live in communities and there is a division of labor amongst the insects. This creates specialized groups within the communities, which are called what? A term usually used for Hindu hereditary classes. Question number two. True or false, a bumblebee should be incapable of flight due to its fatness in comparison to its tiny wings. Question number three. 
Think back to elementary school science class. Can you name the three sections of an ant's body? Question number four. They have a history of being worker bees, but what Western U.S. state is known as the beehive state? Question number five. It doesn't seem all that regal, but the secretion that a honeybee produces that is used for food for larvae and the queen bee is called what? Question number six. Larger than the female worker bees and really playing into a stereotype, male honeybees have no stinger and do no work. All they do is mate with the queen. What are male honeybees commonly called? Question number seven. The 2007 film flop Bee Movie was a pet project of Jerry Seinfeld, who voiced the role of Bee Barry B. Benson, who falls in love with a florist named Vanessa Bloom. Which squinty-eyed actress voiced the role of Vanessa? Question number eight. How much honey does a single honeybee produce in his lifetime? Is it A, one-twelfth of a teaspoon, B, one-sixth of a teaspoon, C, one-half a teaspoon, or D, a teaspoon? Question number nine. We knew they were a bunch of aggressive jerks. While bees feed their larvae from their own bodies, wasps feed their young what? Which makes at least a little sense why they keep swarming around our barbecues. And finally, question number 10. I'm going to name four types of bees, and you're going to tell me if they're real or something I made up. One, brown-belted bumblebee. Two, cicada killer. Three, digger bee. Or four, black-kneed bumblebee. I'll give you a minute to think about it, enjoy Countdown, and I'll be right back with your answers. <laughs> Boy. Question number one. Many species of bees and wasps are what's called eusocial, which means that they live in communities and there is a division of labor amongst the insects. This creates specialized groups within the community, which are called what? A term usually used for Hindu hereditary classes. Uh, Thank you, past Julia, for this answer. Uh, Casts. Yes, the answer is casts. You know what? I don't need to explain it because you already explained it beautifully for us uh, in last week's episode. (laughs) Question number two, true or false, a bumblebee should be incapable of flight due to its fatness in comparison to its tiny wings. True. False. Ah. The origin of this claim has been difficult to pin down with any certainty. Uh, There was an anecdote about an unnamed Swiss aerodynamicist at a dinner party who performed some rough calculations and concluded, (laughs) presumably in jest, that according to the equations, bumblebees cannot fly. Uh, The answer is basically it's all about power relative to size. Okay. Question number three. Think back to elementary school science class. Can you name the three sections of an ant's body? Head. Yes. Thorax. Yes. Abdomen. Good job. This is true for all insects. Uh, Spiders have only two, a fused head slash thorax and an abdomen, which is why they're the scourge of the earth. (laughs) 
I have an agreement with the spider that lives in our bathroom that if he stays away from me, I'll stay away from that's him. That's very kind of you. Yeah, that's yep. good. A nice embargo. Or a, not an embargo. Mm, what's what uh, I'm looking for? Peace. A, tr- a treaty? A treaty. Yes, you have a spider treaty. <laughs> Question number four. They have a history of being worker bees, but what Western U.S. state is known as the beehive state? That's Utah. It is Utah. It's because of the Mormons. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. Question number five. It doesn't seem all that regal, but the secretion that a honeybee produces that is used for food for larvae and the queen bee is called what? It's called royal jelly. It is called royal jelly. Um, Royal jelly is widely marketed as a dietary supplement. It is an alternative medicine that falls under the category of apitotherapy. Both the European Food Safety Authority and the USDA have concluded that the current evidence does not support the claims of health benefits Hmm. and have actively discouraged the sale and consumption of the jelly. Great. Don't eat royal jelly. Don't smear it on you your face. Don't want it on your toast either. Stop it. Question number six. Larger than the female worker bees and really playing into a stereotype, male honeybees have no stinger and do no work. All they do is mate with the queen. What are male honeybees commonly called? Drones? Drones. Drones just mate and then they die. As a matter of fact, um, as a good piece of trivia, fertilized queen eggs become female worker bees and unfertilized eggs become drones. Oh, how about that? Yeah, so there you go. Question number seven. The 2007 film flop Bee Movie was a pet project of Jerry Seinfeld, who voiced the role of Bee Barry B. Benson, who falls in love with a florist named Vanessa Bloom. Which squinty-eyed actress voiced the role of Vanessa? Is it Renee Zellweger? It is Renee Zellweger. I only got that because of your clue. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Uh, Destin Thompson of the Washington Post said, quote, B-movie feels phoned in on every level. The images, usually computer animation's biggest draw, are disappointingly average. As for the funny stuff, well, that's where you were supposed to come in, meaning Jerry Seinfeld. (laughs) Another critic said, if I believed in a sitcom afterlife, I'd swear the whole thing was cooked up by Kramer and George's dad. (laughs) Question number eight. How much honey does a single honeybee produce in a lifetime? One twelfth of a teaspoon, one sixth, one half, or one teaspoon? Uh, I'll split the difference. I'll say one sixth. It is one twelfth ah. of a teaspoon. Mm-hmm. A bee colony, on the other hand, can produce 60 to 100 pounds of honey per year, which just goes to show how many bees are in a yeah, co- bee right? colony. Yeah. Oof. Question number nine. We knew they were a bunch of aggressive jerks. While bees feed their larvae from their own bodies, wasps feed their young what? Which makes at least a little sense why they keep swarming around our barbecues. I don't... I don't know. They feed them meat. Really? Yeah, like protein. Isn't that wild? Um, Wasps also eat people food just in general, which is why they're so aggressive when you're just trying to enjoy a burger. Yeah, they're gross and evil. Okay, and finally, question number 10. I'm going to name four types of bees, and you're going to tell me if they're real or something I made up. Brown-belted bumblebee. Fake. Real. <laughs> uh, cicada killer. Real. Yes, real. Digger bee. Real. Real. And black-kneed bumblebee. Fake. Fake. I made that up. <laughs> it's got little black knees. Well, well thank for, you. Oh, thank you. Thank you for listening about my quiz on bees and my thing on Beyonce. It, much, much needed. Much needed. Yeah. So you're welcome, everybody. There's some trash trivia for you, but also Beyonce is amazing and you should listen to her albums, especially her later ones. Um, yeah. Uh, please, uh, you can find us on any podcast app and please rate, review and subscribe. Tell a friend. And uh, thanks so much for listening to us this week, guys. Yeah. And we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.